How quickly can a person grow old? Melissa stared at herself in the mirror as beads of water ran down her cheeks. The water from the tap was soothing as she brushed her hair back. She noticed a few gray strands sticking out from her sea of luscious dark hair. I've been in this job for a month now, and it's harder than I had imagined. I'm facing so much resistance trying to come up with the resources to even begin tackling the problem of the Dragon Baron. She sighed deeply and stared at her deep brown eyes. I am ready for this, she muttered unconvincingly. I am ready for this, she repeated, trying to muster up some courage. Try to smile. You're more approachable when you do, she continued, as she tried unsuccessfully to tuck her green strands of hair from view. She smiled. Too fake, she thought, as she cringed. There was a knock on the door of her main office, followed by the sound of her door closing. Melissa turned the water off, reached for a towel, wiped her face, and headed out of her restroom. Our assistant, Jack, a handsome man in his early 30s, was standing in the middle of the room with his arms folded. He tapped his foot on the marble floor as Melissa walked to her desk. I got a call from the assistant superintendent, Eric Perea, about your status. He seemed impatient over the phone and very short. Is everything all right, ma'am? He asked. Everything is fine, Jack. I think I just... Lost track of time, Melissa replied. She glanced at her watch. How late are we? We still fall within the range of fashionably late, but I tend to get very anal about time in the city, Jack said, turning his gaze from Melissa to the pictures of her on the wall. One of the pictures was captioned, Hero of Schwarzwald, and had a smiling Melissa waving to a crowd with her award clasped to her bosom. He turned to Melissa with a grin on his face. You are by far the biggest superstar in the force at this time, and I think you would be fine if you took the opportunity to make a grand entrance. He waved his hands in the air to emphasize this point, and his eyes sparkled with childlike enthusiasm. Melissa laughed. You're incorrigible. I'm just a lowly country girl trying to make it in a big city. So much of this is new to me. Oh, stop it. You're an absolute gem, and we're lucky to have you here. We have to leave now, though, Jack said, tapping his watch. If we're any later, those folks will be sharpening their knives for you. Melissa grabbed her files and walked briskly past Jack and into the lobby. She walked with her back straight, her chin up, taking long, precise strides. Jack followed close behind. An officer jogged towards her and then stopped when he realized who she was. He stopped and gave her a salute as she passed him. As you were, Melissa said as she strode past him. The officer nodded and continued down the hallway. How many of these men have been compromised? Melissa's mind raced. I know the dragon baron is paying off a significant number of police officers. How do I figure out which ones are involved? Is the corruption the reason I cannot get any resource request approved? That was the mandate behind them appointing me. 
How could they be fighting so hard to see me fail? They called me the hero, and yet... She stopped as Jack's voice broke into her thoughts. She turned around to see Jack standing in front of a door she had walked past. Is that the office? she asked. Yes, ma'am, Jack responded, smiling as she walked towards him. I want you to know that everyone believes in you. You're the best thing that has happened to this police department in a long time. He turned the handle and stepped aside, catching a glimpse of the twinkle in Melissa's eye as she stepped into the office. The people inside turned their heads towards Melissa as she walked into the room. The room was brightly lit and the glow of the sun filtered in and gave the room a hint of orange. Sorry I'm late, she said, mustering an authoritative tone as she got into a seat. I do appreciate your patience. There was a groan in the room, but Melissa ignored it. I would like some quick introductions if you don't mind, she continued, scanning the five faces in the room. Well, except from you, Mikkel, she said, turning to the man beside her. Thanks so much for coming out at such short notice. Of course, Mikkel nodded. All right, let's do this, she said, rubbing her palms together and sitting back. I guess I'll start. I'm Assistant Superintendent Nimata Blyden of the Kreuzberg District. As the only other female in this room, I'm really glad that I have someone of your caliber to work with. Congratulations on the promotion. Thank you. Thank you very much. Melissa smiled, catching a glimpse of one of the officers rolling his eyes and shifting uncomfortably in his seat. Karl Heiner of the Ausberg District, I'm looking forward to working with you as well. I have heard a lot about your exploits and I'm sure you'll be an asset to the city. My turn, an excited voice called out. Ralph Sepp of the Schwarzwald District, and I have to say, I am your biggest fan. He turned to the room. I was her assistant superintendent, and to say that she's a genius is an understatement. You're always so kind, Melissa responded, smiling at Ralph. I really enjoyed working with you. Also, congratulations on your appointment as well. I'm sure you'll do a good job at it. Thank you, thank you, Ralph said enthusiastically. Well, I guess this is a love fest, the final officer in the room snickered. Some of us... Have more to do than kiss your ring, he said, pushing a file in front of him and opening it. My name is Eric Perea, Assistant Superintendent, City District, he said, crossing his arms. Melissa stared at him for a few seconds. Eric was staring at her behind narrow eyes and pursed lips. Thank you all. She leaned forward, placed her arms on the table and turned to Mikkel, who was sitting to her right. Mikkel. I sent my proposal to the governor's office and attached a budget to it. Can I get an update on that? Not a lot of good news on that front, unfortunately. You asked for 3,000 officers in your proposal. When we crunched the numbers, the governor felt it was a tad too expensive of a program to run, Mikkel began in a hoarse voice. Accounting for the expedited training program, insurance and compensation, we're estimating an increase of 15 to 20% in an already strained budget. The governor instructed me to advise you to find alternative means of being effective. I am confused, Mikhail. I laid out my exact plan before signing on to be superintendent. At that time, the governor agreed wholeheartedly. Is the governor denying my request now? 
Of course not, Mikel asserted. The governor only wants assurances that a 15% increase in expenditure is the only way to solve the problem. We're talking about reinforcements everywhere, a significant growth in the police force, which will have a significant effect on other discretionary programs. While you are tasked with looking at crime rates, the governor has to consider how many people will be pissed off by a reduction in their resources. Right off the top of my head, we'll be providing less for overtime and emergency services, a pay freeze for the teachers and several departments in the state government. You're only dealing with a law enforcement issue. The governor is dealing with a political issue, and he has to answer the question, what do we sacrifice to achieve your goals? The governor stood on the podium with me and declared that the issue of the drug and baron had become a number one priority for him. I took this job to solve that problem. Was that just a political prop for the governor? Mikhail shifted uncomfortably. There are posters of me standing in lock arms with the governor with captions that read, Make Engelstadt Great Again. I absolutely loathe them. But it tells the people of Engelstadt a story. It tells the people of Engelstadt that in me, there's someone they can trust. The governor introduced me two weeks ago as a person who can solve the problem of crime in Engelstadt. And now you sit across from me, telling me his hands are tied? Who feels the wrath when the people do not see any change? I, I think you're misreading the situation, Superintendent, Mikhail responded quickly. I can assure you that the governor is right behind you. Do you know how I won my old district? Melissa asked, leaning forward. I think it's been in every paper in the last two weeks, Mikhail said, laughing awkwardly. The Schwarzwald district is much smaller than the city district, but it had its nuances, Melissa continued. When I became the head of the police force there, I had to deal with rampant drug use. Did any of you see that video of the man on the bus? Melissa watched as everyone in the room nodded, except from Eric, who was staring at her angrily. An unassuming young man with a backpack walks onto a bus outside of the Black Forest, takes a seat, and places the bag on the seat beside him. The bus begins to move, and for a few minutes, nothing interesting happens. After two stops, he reaches into his bag and pulls out a syringe of Troxy and injects himself. A minute later, he was convulsing on the floor as blood trickled out of his ears and mouth. What annoys me the most about that incident was that it took 15 minutes for anyone to respond to that man. The city has normalized crime and no one in that bus was shocked. When they finally contacted the police, he was dead. I watched that video a hundred times and vowed that I would end drug abuse in Schwarzwald. Do you know the reason I succeeded where so many have failed? Melissa looked around at all the eyes glued on her. Decisiveness, she said, clenching her fist and punching the air. When the governor appointed me, he knew full well that I had a decisive plan to solve this issue, and he assured me that he would put it in motion. The governor assured me of resources and the leeway to hire anyone I choose. How? Eric slammed his fist on the table and every eye in the room turned to him. I don't believe I just sat here and listened to that nonsense, he retorted, rubbing his temple vigorously. How can you all be mesmerized by this shit?
Compared to the city district, Schwarzwald is minuscule. And how do tactics against low-level gang members work against the most powerful men in the drug and violence organization? It is almost ridiculous to think that your plan could translate into success here, Superintendent. A strange look came over Melissa's face and she turned to Eric with an incredulous expression. Melissa responded, I never indicated that my tactics in Schwarzwald could translate directly to my actions here. I have done an analysis of all the data we have on the Dragon Baron's organization and it's clear that he runs a far more even-handed operation. He pays the men who are loyal to him handsomely. The few who have rebelled have just disappeared. There is no way this department can raise enough money to convince him to switch sides. The only way we can beat him is by growing the police force significantly and slowly encroaching on his territory. The influx of officers would also provide increased security in the city district. Where does public safety rank with the governor, Mikhail? Highly, of course, Mikhail responded. The governor sees a lot of merit in your plan. He anticipates that your setup will reinforce control in vulnerable areas and allow us to gain a foothold in the colony. But at what costs? Melissa glared at Mikhail. His gray hair betrayed his age and time had not been kind to his looks. It was difficult for Melissa to argue with the substance of his objections. She had never worked in the political world, and he was probably the most knowledgeable man in the governor's office. He had intimate knowledge of how Engelstadt's money was spent, and she felt intimidated about encroaching on his turf. Melissa's mind raced as she tried to find a counter-argument stronger than her gut feeling. I'm sorry. This is getting ridiculous. How is hiring new police officers and sending them to the most dangerous part of the city a good idea? Eric burst out. I clearly pointed out in the proposal I sent to all of you that new recruits will be embedded with seasoned officers. While I can appreciate where you're coming from, Eric, I will not have this meeting derailed by your inability to adjust to the changes I'm pushing for. Adjust the change, Eric retorted. Is that how you will describe it to the families of the officers who are killed once the coffins start to roll in? Will you be the one making the calls to those loved ones? You come in here thinking you're some sort of messiah and expect everyone to just accept what you say as fucking gospel? You are aware that you're not the first person to come up with this idea. Every one of them have failed. But somehow, with your sweet talking and singing Kumbaya, you think you'll somehow defy history and bring success? Give me a break. Eric, I hope you're not somehow intimating that individuals who join the police force are unaware of the risks involved. Melissa responded, trying to stay calm. The risk? What do you know about risk? You come from a small town in the middle of nowhere? He continued exasperated. I have lived through it, and I know what the hell I am talking about. The Dragon Baron is a maniac. Are you all going to gloss over the reason why she's sitting here in the first place? He said as he stared at the faces in the room. Have you all forgotten so quickly what happened to Superintendent Bastian Tausig? I was one of the officers who had to take down his decapitated body from the lawn in front of his home where it hung. Remember how the papers reacted to his head placed on a stake in front of the Capitol building? 
What about Superintendent August Binder? The Dragon Baron strapped a bomb to his kid and blew him up in a park. He has made a mockery of us too often and the last administration's restraint has given us the longest period of peace. He shook his head violently. Now, you waltz in here with your short-sighted and imbecilic plan, assuring us that somehow you are going to win? Where some of the best men I have ever known have failed? You all sit here and contemplate about sending some of our best officers out there with inadequate support. Newbies with inadequate training to face the battled steel of the Dragon Baron? What could a bunch of new recruits do when they face the likes of Antonio? What chance do they stand against seasoned veterans like Anno God? What about the Darkies? How could these new recruits be prepared for the chaos that can occur when we disturb those fucks? I have men. He turned away from Melissa and stared at the rest of the people in the room with bloodshot eyes. Ten years, he said, raising his ten fingers up for emphasis. For ten years, we have had relative peace. Why should we throw that away? It's not perfect, I get it. But why would you want to destroy the good in search of the perfect? Given a choice, my men will not step in that zone if you offer them millions. You know why? They know chaos. Eric paused and let out a deep sigh. I do not, for the life of me, see any benefits of sending the young men of this magnificent city into a potential death trap. Do you want their blood on your hands? Because by God, Melissa, you'll be responsible. You'll address me by my full rank, Assistant Superintendent Eric Perrier. Melissa responded. The tension in the room was palpable, and every eye in the room was focused on Melissa. Let me get this right. You're proposing that we cede the governance of the colony district to the Dragon Baron. Let me be entirely clear. Every community must abide by the laws that govern this damn state. I do not intend to relinquish order to the Dragon Baron, and I find your argument that the fine men who put on this uniform can't keep order in any district insulting. Perhaps he has a point, Mikkel interjected. Not you too. Are you speaking for yourself or the governor? Melissa asked as she folded her arms across her chest. Don't get me wrong, Melissa. I think your proposal is noble. I also believe the department needs a lot more time to train the officers for this task. As the assistant superintendent alluded to, we have tried several times to get the colony district under our control. It always seems to start well, but once the Dragon Baron begins to feel like he's being encircled, he sanctions a cleansing of officers. He conducts brutal raids and leaks the gruesome images to the media. Soon enough, the backlash begins. The public pushes back against our encroachment, and we're back to square one. He appears to think for a moment. As a means of compromise, perhaps we could have a longer ramp-up schedule. Rather than six months, we could consider 18 months. I think the extra time would allow the new recruits time to get a feel for the tactic. Melissa was determined not to let the anger bubbling under her skin be exposed. Mikhail, I am confused she said calmly. 
Does the governor expect me to become a lame duck in this office while he goes to the media and raves about the big changes I am making? Perhaps 18 months is a tad long. We could make it 12, Mikhail responded. Melissa shook her head furiously. No, no, no. I stood on the podium two weeks ago and announced that effective actions will begin within three months. Now you're proposing that I revise the numbers from three to 12. Do you want to sell my reputation as a superintendent who made excuses? I'm sorry, but I intend to keep the promise I made. Well, there you have it, everyone. The executioner. I mean, Superintendent Melissa Fight has spoken, Eric said acidly. And does the assistant superintendent feel he could do a better job in this role? Melissa shut. You bet your ass I do. I would concentrate on things that actually work, not chasing fucking pipe dreams. You are out of order, Mikhail exclaimed as he rose to his feet. I have never seen so much insubordination in my life. You will apologize immediately, Eric. Your unwavering support will be duly noted, and I expect that your department will faithfully carry out any proposal we agree to. Eric's eyes darted angrily from Melissa to Mikkel and back again. I am expecting a response, Eric, Mikkel continued. My department will faithfully carry out any proposal we agree to. Eric responded, good. So we can begin to see eye to eye again, Mikkel said as he sat back down. I will speak to the governor about your counter-proposal, Melissa. I'm sure we can reach a consensus. I have always known him to be very amenable. Melissa waited for the tension in the room to dissipate a bit before she began. I am inclined to believe that there are far more respectful ways of addressing disagreements in our meetings, Eric, she said calmly. Eric grew heated again. I am strongly of the opinion that these actions put the lives of my officers in danger. As you know... I am directly in charge of the city district. I have to look out for the well-being of my officers. They are my officers too, Eric, Melissa said. Are you implying that I am actively seeking their demise? Eric looked at Melissa. We simply do not see eye to eye on this issue. We're both career officers, and I'm sure we both share a passion for what we do, Melissa started. I'm also confident that we share an interest in maintaining the command structure. Even if you do not agree with my policies, I expect you would respect my rank. While I accept that there is no guarantee that my policy will work, I expect that we at least give it a shot. We need a fresh start from the failed policies of the past. Most important, I will not have the colony district exempt from the rule of law. And, she declared boldly, if my policies have no effect, I will put in my resignation and recommend you as my replacement. Eric stroked his chin. You're so naive. Seriously, why would you do that? You really are full of bold proposals this afternoon, Superintendent. I believe firmly in this policy and I will have it implemented. Melissa responded, turning to all the faces staring at her incredulously. What Eric fails to acknowledge when he spoke about the gruesome history of the Dragon Baron is that his influence has been waning as many of the people he controls jostle for power. 
We strike when our chances are best. I would never have considered this proposal a few years ago. However, the infighting has weakened him significantly. Throughout my policy implementation, I expect your full cooperation. We're all professionals and we will work in the interest of the people we're in charge of. Of course, Eric responded. On each and every one of your districts, he said, facing the remaining people in the room. I will start. Assistant Superintendent Nimata Blyden began. Based on the discussions we had last week, I have a report on the crime rate in Kreuzberg District. She started to flip through the papers in front of her. Melissa's mind drifted to the beautiful city outside. I have so much writing on this. It has to work, she thought. It just has to.